Hello, this is episode number 10 and just a quick introduction. Um, first, apologize for the sound of the background. I, I've been, I was recording this when I was uh, uh, driving because I couldn't record it any time and I wanted to record it, you know, ASAP. So I'm sorry about this. There's a lot been driving right now. Um, but, and then second, it's, um, I'm really excited about to share this. It's just a little bit about experience that I have on the exporting side and how a barista could come you know possibly export coffee you know if you live at origin and probably a barista can you know convert himself into roaster copper or even a green buyer you know so yeah i just wanted to share this hope you enjoy and uh, hope that you like what you hear and if you have any comments go to you know my instagram and reach out to me and i'll be happy to uh, receive your good comments or bad comments i, I don't know i don't care which is gross so enjoy Hello guys, my name is Raul Rodas and welcome to Coffee Paradise Podcast. This is episode number 10. Today I'm excited because I will be talking to you guys about how or what or the little experience that I have on you know just a couple of years of exporting green coffee from Guatemala. And um, obviously this is just my opinion, I just want to share and obviously I need to learn so much more. But it's, uh, it's something that is really, really fun for me and I wanted to share it because it's uh, obviously many, many, many people, you know, and, and gurus of coffee have been doing this for so many years now. And uh, obviously, um, this is, you know, something that I'm new at. Uh, but it's just so fascinating and it's something that for me as a, as a barista, as a roaster, as a cupper or as an individual or a patriot that lives in origin country um, to be understanding what really happens with the coffee uh, and not just like as a you know a barista will like oh yeah I you know have this this and this coffee but I don't know how you know how how hard it is to get it or how hard it is to ship it or how hard it is for all the people in the chain I mean not just the producers they're normally we talked about um, you know the baristas or it's like oh the producer doesn't get you know enough payment and stuff like that um, but why does that happen and and what happens you know on the chain and, and sometimes I know the producer suffers but sometimes the ones that suffer are the males and sometimes the who the ones who suffers or you know it's the exporter or the importer and 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 it's it's a it's something that I, I, I um, for me at the beginning I wasn't really hard for understand and now for this couple of years, it's uh, it's being a little bit more clear, and you know, it's just like crazy how everything is is together, and not just like oh, the producer suffers, or you know, the, the importer suffers, or you know. So um, let's get to it. <clears throat> that okay. So um, just to tell you a little bit about myself, um, in, in that sense. Um, I started this in my first, you know, customer or the first person that I started doing this job, which I, I don't want to consider myself just as an exporter person or a company, but someone that provides service to friends and to customers that needs to be helped. And the reason why it came, this idea and this developed, it was with my friend Stephen Layton from Hasbin Coffee in the UK. He's, if you don't know him, like follow him in Hasbin 
and Steve and, and um, Instagram, or you can follow someone that it's you know with the red hair or uh, you know, being an MC in the WBC and Temper Tantrum, and he has been doing a lot of things. And normally he's one of the type of persons that is not you know that famous, but he has been doing a lot for the industry for a lot of years. Um, so when we were, I think I don't know if we were in Russia. And we were, you know, in the in the subway, you know, just basically talking about um, how, you know, why he didn't got, you know, Guatemalan coffee, like why he didn't have like that much of that. And he was telling me like, well, normally I have my relationships for some reason somehow I don't buy that much directly from Guatemala for, you know, I don't know what reason. Like it hasn't have, you know, the spots. And and I said like, well. I can help you out. I can introduce you to to you know farmers that I work with or farmers that I know. They have really good coffees there, and they are not the famous farms. And uh, we could definitely you know help you out, and also that will give a chance and an opportunity for the producers that are new. And they're trying new things and experimenting with coffees and processing that can give you um, you know different coffees on the way. So I think that that could be you know something that you will like. And he was like, yeah, let's do that. Like, you know, let's help out. And, and he was like, you know, I, I, and I told him like, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm seeking always for, for quality and because of the competition, like that gives you kind of like a high standard that you want to reach for. Um, so basically that, that was in 2013, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, he came to Guatemala. He's now importing, I think, now four four years now also five years and he's uh you know buying coffee for has been of course and then for 3fe and also for drop coffee roasters in sweden and uh it's been a really great experience and to learn because um normally it's basically a direct trade because he has relationship with the farmers he can visit the farmers wherever he can but what i'm trying to do is to maintain the quality and the processing quality when he's not here which is sometimes kind of the things that is really hard for a roaster when they're buying and it's like you know how do you make sure that i mean because i the relationship begins with the roaster or the buyer is going to be talking to the you know the producer and they're going to be delivering coffee and then becomes obviously a trust you know thing uh a relationship but there's sometimes so many things that for example how do you make sure that the sample is going to get well or how do you make sure that the preparation is going to be good you know and sometimes it's it's really hard to find that that space or that you don't have that gap in misunderstanding and miscommunications and what i'm trying to do is to reduce that you know percentage of mistaken for example uh let's say um steven you know bought you know some coffee from, from a producer and then you know what um yeah i want this and this bag so he hasn't tasted coffee yet um because i mean also it's very expensive to be sending samples from guatemala i don't know if people know that but from guatemala i don't know the other countries but it's really expensive like it's i don't know why um so for example be sending out samples and samples and samples i know it's good um but we want to send out the samples that are the final ones and not the ones that are oh maybe he will like this or maybe he will like that and for me my job is like okay drop the samples here and i'll be copying from the producer whatever he has to offer and i'll be like um no this doesn't fit this doesn't fit this will be a really good one 
this, we can blend it with this one, depending on the request of, for example, this this uh, example, Steven. So it's like, oh, I want everything a really good blend, you know, from all the five lots of Bourbon, or I want, you know, five different lots separately, and I'll figure it out here what I want to do with them. So for me, it's like doing that job and making sure that the producer deliver that. And when they deliver that and we choose like, oh, this five lots, I'm gonna be keeping a received sample. And then after keeping this received sample, we're gonna make sure that they're gonna deliver it to the warehouse or the beneficio and the dry mill, wherever, you know, the best one that we can find because that's another issue. Finding a really good meal and finding what you need is, you know, now it's better, but kind of like five or 10 years ago, it was really hard still in Guatemala. Now it's getting better and better every time. So milling the coffee, making sure that the, the, the coffee is really clean and, you know, the separation and, you know, there's making sure that that happens and I go to the mill and I you know review that the copies are being mailed correctly and making sure that the samples if it's five secondary defects making sure that that's five secondary defects and also making sure to cup that coffee together with the offer sample or the type sample that we cup with the producer so making sure that that is the coffee and that is the profile overall not the score but the, the profile and that's really important to make sure that we satisfy or we satisfy and we meet up with the expectations of the customer or the buyer in this case Steven right um, but there's one thing that overall and this is a parenthesis that happens in the mills or the export inside normally you mill the coffee and then it's good to go right like it's it's supposed to be good to go then we have the sample and that will be sending out to the customer that will be a pre-sample shipment you know that it will be the result of the milling and why you be approving but a lot of exporters and a lot of sellers happens in coyotes and everyone else and probably you'll be hearing you're probably gonna hate me I don't know if the buyers and the roasters know this but a lot of people what they do is they send out a sample that it's pre it hasn't been milled and they selected it in pergamino or parchment and then they sort it out by hand and prepared by hand for example hey I need the sample to be sent out and this, please prepare it to sec, you know eight secondary defects maximum. And it's fine if you're doing a type sample. That will be something that it's going to be like this when you buy the coffee, when it arrives, when I send you the PSS, but it's not a PSS sample. And a lot of producers, I mean, and I don't want to say producers exactly, but I know that sometimes some producers and some exporters do this to make time faster. And I know that it's hard as an exporter and as a mill because when you mill the coffee, you have to pack it in ute bags, you know, grain pro and then ute bags and then put it, you know, on the bags and put it in the warehouse aside. Because if you don't do that and you wait for the approval, you have to put it into nylon bags. And this, and then when they approve the sample, they have to put it into nylon bags into the grain pro and the ute bags, which is a cost which it will pay the producer. So it has a reason why. It's not just because they wanna you know, take advantage or not about some situation, but it's because it's more cost. But sometimes I believe that the roaster or the buyers or the importer does, I don't know if the importer, but you know, sometimes they don't know this. And, and what has happened is when you send out a sample prepared by hand, normally sometimes it's going to be better than the one that it's milled and real. Not because the coffee is going to be better or not. It's just when you do it by hand, 
you obviously are sorting it by hand 300 grams instead of like sorting a coffee by electronic, by density, by size. It's a machine and probably in some bag it will be not the same as the sample. What I'm getting to this is why. I have, I have had the experience about making sure that the PSS is sent out and I cop the sample, pre-sample shipment here and making sure at origin that it's good. So they have to put it, you know, all the way to the, to the grain pro and the ute bags and I approve it, I take that responsibility. Because we could send it to Steven, of course, and I mean, and, and, and he receives that for sure. But imagine how much time, like even if we send it out fast, like it's going to be five days until he comes in or one week um, by the, around, the arrival, the, the, you know, the roasting and etc. etc. So it's not everybody's fault. I'm just saying that it's really complicated. Um, so what I'm trying to do at Origin is to making sure that I approve the sample here. And if something preparation is not good, I'm not going to approve it. And then they have to... Um, I don't want to say remill it. Uh, the word it will be repass it. I don't know if that you know kind of makes sense, but re run it through again if it needs more electronic or if it need more density. Not uh, not to reprocess it again because that will be something bad for the bean. But just like electronic sorting, for example, it needs to be a cleaner depending on what defects or what problem we are having on the selections of the beans. Um, but that is the job that I'm looking and doing here. And then afterwards, the coffee I approve is good to go. We make sure that everything on the paperwork and everything is, you know, going and good to go, etc., etc. And then we send out the coffee, and I send the PSS, and Steve will be like, "Oh yeah, this is good," and he will be comparing it the PSS with the offer sample that I sent them before, and also the arrival sample. And that will be a perfect and a great example about a happy exporting and happy customer that would be the amazing thing and uh, and I'm, I'm saying this example because about the sample because it's it might sound something that is really simple but recently I don't want to say who but it has it happened to me with a customer um, in a, in a, in Korea that we sent out a sample not this year it was like three or four years ago and I learned from it but we sent a sample and I didn't know this that much and we sent a sample of pre-sample shipment he approved it and then when we sent out the sample the, the coffee arrived and he was like hey this coffee is not kind of like the same as I cupped it like I have the arrive I have the pre-sample shipment here and I have the arrival sample and it's like one point less than the one that you sent me like this is I mean it's okay and the coffee we're gonna use it but why this is happening and then after investigating and after asking and after figuring out, at that time I wasn't, I mean, I was involved, but I wasn't that involved as I am right now because of the experience of these situations that happened. And realizing that, you know, like, it was, it was a sample that was sorted by hand. And it was like, ah, you know, and trying to explain this. And he was like, well, why do you send me that? And, and it was hard to explain. It was because in understanding why they did it at the first time, in a meal that I don't work with anymore and, and it was like well basically it was because if we went and I was like well first of all that's normal to be sending out I was like what that's a what you know that's not possible that shouldn't be like that you know that's you know part of the processing I don't know how 
the other countries do it and maybe I'm just, you know, what? You know, but as I understood, a pre-sample shipment is to be something that it's before shipping. Like, that's what the word said, you know, um, and that would be after milling. So, um, so what I'm getting into it, it's like, the reason why I tried to explain it, it was because he, you know, the mill wanted to send out the coffee fast so they can approve it and they mill it to making sure that he wanted that coffee, which is like, you know, like if you don't want that coffee, like you shouldn't buy that coffee. Like, you know, it should be traceable and transparency all the way, but it happens a lot. And, and you know, that's something that after all, it's the communication and, and the expectations about the customer. When you do direct shipping, it's different when you're buying as a roaster in the United States and you buy from an importer, you're gonna get what you get in the sample because and the only thing that could might happen is that the samples normally are at the office and then you send out a sample and you know, the, the it's not a grain pro, the humidity, blah, 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 whatever can affect the sample, but the coffee is already in the warehouse and you're, you know, it's not gonna change. But in, you know, in origin, it can send it down and probably does, that happens in Ethiopia, that happens in a lot of countries. Um, and and it's, it's, it's hard, you know, it's, it's really hard to do that. Um, so, finishing all that sample, that example, I, I, I really, really, what I wanted to talk about, it's, you know, the experience that I had, you know, a couple of these things, understanding what really happens. Um, there could be many other examples, but uh, I wanted to tell you what I really am doing here at Origin. Um, working with the producers, I'm working with, depending on the customers that they need coffee, sometimes they need uh, 83 coffee or 84 point coffee that I just need to, you know, kind of like blend it with my espresso blend. Uh, for example, and that's good and you can have traceability and also there are customers that they don't need traceability and that's fine um, And finding coffee what you need and obviously micro lots that is you know so many different micro lots around you know the coffee industry, right? Um, and, and trying to figure it out that what we need is to make sure that understanding the whole chain and not just like all the producers suffering because sometimes even you know, some producers they deliver the coffee that they offer but it's not the one that you know it's like oh, already sold it and I'm gonna put this coffee into that and it's still gonna be good and 86 and 80 you know seven whatever lot but it's not gonna be sometimes the same as you cut before it's still gonna be great but it's not gonna be the same so sometimes that traceability is really hard and and I'm not saying everyone, but sometimes that happens with good producers. And sometimes some producers, they buy from another farms to fulfill their contracts and with, and they buy good coffee, but they sometimes, you know, you don't get what you, you know, what you cupped. Um, and, and it's tricky to know who does that, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, a lot of people are getting better at, at being traceability and, and depending on how much traceable you want it to be and how much realistic you want it to be from the farm. I don't want to put the name out of Guatemala always doing the wrong things. I'm just saying a couple of examples that has happened and that made me learn that you have to be there like all the time, 200% of the time and making sure that what you cup is what you get 
what you get is what you send out, and what you send out is when your customers are happy, and you make 100% uh, happy and meet up the expectations of the customer. So, um, putting out this out, it's like I'm trying to do and build out uh, a new business. Um, now that I have a little more of time, Paradigma Cafe closed down their, you know, the doors because of the pandemic, but also because of other things that it was a, it was a project that it was, you know, it was a, it was a test. It was, it was a, it wasn't a project that we didn't know it was going to be making five years, and it did. So a lot of things changed. Uh, right now, 100% uh, making the exporting effort, and I don't want to call that an export a company if I have to call it somehow. Um, and also giving service or uh, provide service for customers that needs to be finding these coffees for the groceries, um, small or big or whatever it is, but finding coffees and ideal coffees for the groceries. And I just want to be promoting more Guatemalan coffee. And I'm going to be working as well with Honduras coffee. I don't know how we're going to be dealing with Honduras this year because of the hurricanes and stuff like that. Uh, hopefully they're not, you know, big affected. Um, uh, now they're talking about hurricanes, just a, a little uh, note. Uh, Guatemala was affected a lot, you know, it had a lot of rain, mostly in Puerto Barrios, which is when we normally send out containers or ships, you know, to the, U for, uh, to the UK or Europe. Um, they have not been that much affected um, uh, on the farming side, a little bit, it has. Um, and also, I was talking with Mauricio Rosales yesterday from La Maravilla in Huehuetenango. He told me like the soil is getting so much soaked from water that the plants are falling off, some of them. Uh, but there, what they're concerned, a lot, a lot of the concern that they have right now is because of COVID. But not the COVID itself that is going to affect the plant, no. But the situations about people. And that, and that has something that I've talked to also with Juan Carlos Esteves from, from, uh, from Cuban. And it's like, uh, how are you going to work this out? Because people normally, when the pickers, when they go to the farms and work with Tenangos, San Marcos, uh, they normally come from another, other countries sometimes, from other cities, from Mexico, from Honduras. Uh, and, and uh, you know, how are they going to manage that? Because a lot of the... A lot of the pickers they're gonna be you know how do you gonna prevent to be having COVID and a lot of people don't want to travel so they're concerned a little bit out from that so that's something that we need to be thinking from there so that's the situation a little bit in Guatemala I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be posting a little bit more videos on YouTube in my channel and also I'm going to be um, doing more podcast interviews and stuff like that when, you know, the harvest is coming and having different perspectives and videos so, you know, you can understand a little bit more. If someone needs help or, you know, someone that needs help in terms of Guatemalan coffee or they want to work together and able to give Guatemalan coffees to your roastery, micro lots or even bigger lots, um, I'm, I will be happy to work with. Uh, I've been working with, you know, many people right now. And I'm really happy about it. And I'm going to be, you know, working a little bit more just to um, be a little bit more public about it. And uh, but I'm really, really, really happy that I can meet so many people and so many producers and so many coffees and bringing Guatemalan coffees to to a, a great level and to a, more countries in the world. And um, yeah, so this is it. 
Um, this is a short one episode, but uh, it was really interesting. If you guys want to know a little bit more about exporting and what, you know, if you have some questions, some doubts, or comments that is like, oh yeah, I don't do that or whatever, um, you can do it here, or you can do it also on my on my Instagram and follow me over there, uh, or you can do it on YouTube as well. Uh, I'll be happy to, or any comments or anything. Um, I'll be happy to talk about it or with someone who wants to talk about it with me in the podcast. So, um, it's great. Um, great to be here. Great to be talking to you guys. Hope to see you soon. Stay safe. Uh, and drink always amazing coffee. And I'll see you afterwards. This is Coffee Paradigm Podcast.